Hey everyone, a short and entertaining, I think, podcast today. Just myself and many of our great speakers from our recent Wheel of Our Heart conference too. We ran it a couple of weeks ago and it was superb, if I say so myself. So I'm going to give you a taster and some snippets from some of the fantastic speakers, experts, uh, just a little bit of their talk and then a quick flash at some of the Q&A that we ran with all of the attendees coming in and able to ask questions. So we'll start off with Arthur Agatston, MD, cardiologist extraordinaire, inventor of the cardiac uh, CAC scan algorithm, the Agatston score, and he gave us a great talk on the importance of insulin in modern chronic disease root cause. Here we go. What we discovered more recently is that Japanese women, as they go from Tokyo to Honolulu uh, to San Francisco and to the West, and put on weight, they also develop higher levels of breast cancer. And in fact, the same breast cancer levels we have in the West. And it's been correlated directly that it's not the obesity per se that's an association. It's the insulin levels associated with obesity. Oh, Arthur, there good is. man. There's one specifically, actually, Arthur, for, for someone like you. Is there a correlation between plaque in the arteries and an aneurysm or aneurysm problems? Uh, their aneurysms uh, most commonly occur from hypertensive heart disease and atherosclerosis. So there absolutely is. There are people who have morphinoid vessels who can have aneurysms, sometimes severe, for because of a, a, a connective tissue issue. But the majority is the same risk. Ah, Arthur, incredible man, incredible expertise, delivering unbelievable cardiac and chronic disease prevention over many decades. Next up, I'm going to show you a brief snippet with Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, and he gave us a talk around pharma, big pharma and medications versus addressing the actual causes of disease. So it was a cautionary tale. So here's a snippet and then just a brief glance at some of the Q&A session. The following words were published in the European Heart Journal. It's quite amazing they were published in the European Heart Journal, which is almost entirely bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical industry. But um, it is widely believed that randomized studies have proved that lowering blood pressure is beneficial. Actually, that is not true. I'll just reread that sentence. And last thing, PCSK9 inhibitors. Uh, there's also papers out now showing they do have pleiotropic effects like statins beyond the cholesterol well, lowering. Well, also they do lower LPA at the same yeah. time, uh, which is the evil twin brother of LDL. And, uh, and that was not known. It wasn't even something that they tried to do at first, but they've now been aware. In fact, they're being now promoted for that very effect. So it's ironic, you know, well, it's, it's a sort of irony piled upon irony times irony. So we're going to briefly drop in on Dr. Ken Berry's talk. So he was new this year, a good pal and always very entertaining, huge insights. So here we go. And so I crunched all the numbers from the study and I came up with this pie chart, which shows you the relative ranking of the different chronic medical conditions that are associated with you developing CAD and or heart attack. And I wanna go into the, this pie chart in some detail. 
my, my mom is on 25 medications. How can anyone have a clue on their interactions? Well, I think that's a quick answer. Yeah, no, and that's a great comment because mm. when you have when you start a second pharmaceutical drug, you have one, you're on one, you start a second, that doesn't just double your chances of having a, me a medication interaction. It, and then when you start adding 5, 10, 15, 20 medications, it's literally an exponential increase. Yep, Ken's a treasure. Now, Dr. Bill Davis, William Davis, MD, author of Wheat Belly and many other very insightful books, including Undoctored and a book on gut health and microbiome. So a brief flash of uh, an element of his talk and then a quick snippet from the Q&A session with all the attendees. And by doing all this, you address the actual lipoproteins, not cholesterol, a crude indirect marker for the lipoproteins that cause heart disease. We're gonna address lipoproteins directly. We can, you can track that using lipoprotein analysis, such as NMR lipoprotein analysis, nuclear magnetic resonance, very commonly available. I've been doing it for over 25 years. You address the LPS endotoxemia that exports gut microbe effects to other parts of the body. You address insulin resistance and its amplifying effect on cardiovascular risk you reverse inflammation, all the things. So you can see the real tragedy of focusing on such things as saturated fat and cholesterol is that it takes your attention away from the real causes of heart disease. Now, if thyroid, and I had low thyroid, and I read Broder Barnes and you know, he did all the studies and people had low thyroid with heart disease. Why don't people focus on thyroid that much? You know, I don't know, and they should be, because I think even marginal hypothyroidism is a flagrant cardiovascular risk factor. I saw this years ago. I, I'd be following serial coronary calcium scores, and we some would start with a 750, say. We do all the stuff, wheat and grain elimination, vitamin D, omega-3, all that stuff. We were also delighted to have Dr. Joel Kahn uh, involved, pal of mine, a vegan cardiologist, and he gave us a talk around heart disease prevention 2022 and went in through the new tools that are available in cardiac scanning etc to really identify what's going on in your arteries so here we go and what we've identified in research studies is not all plaques have the same risk the clearly ct angiogram not only shows how much plaque it shows what kind of plaque and what kind of risk that might be so if you look over to the right, this is color-coded, but if you look below at the bottom, it's towards the spectrum of low-risk plaque. This is a plaque in the coronary artery that's almost exclusively calcified. Calcium is a marker of atherosclerosis, but it also identifies the lower-risk segments. Hey, one question that just came in actually was, you know, higher LDL has been associated in NHANES and in other studies recently out with longer longevity in, in general, right. but then you're pushing for super low LDL. And I'd say that's like Agatstan, people with established disease for your, your targeting, but go ahead. No, I, you know, you get it. I get it. And I agree. There's an imager named John Rumsberger. You may oh. not know him either, but he's, you know, he falls into the Matthew Budoff class of longtime CT heart experts. But he said long ago to treat a patient with a statin without knowing their vascular status is like treating somebody with chemotherapy without, you know, a biopsy, without a diagnosis. It's blind. And I do agree with that. that
Yep, Joel Kahn, MD. Great guy. But we couldn't have a vegan cardiologist without having a carnivore doctor. So Sean Baker joined us this year and again a brief flash at an element of his talk and then we'll go into a brief look at the Q&A element also. Okay, as I'm recording this at home, uh, I had to take a moment uh, to eat a, a nice, beautiful ribeye steak, which I thought I'd share with you guys. Now, anyone that doesn't realize this as the pinnacle of human nutrition, quite honestly, there, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> anyway, no, I, this is generally my diet, just for, for the record for you guys asking what I might eat, is basically steak and sometimes eggs, and that's pretty much it. Every once in a while, I have a little bit of dairy, but that's been it. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I got a shock there. <laughs> oh, no, this guy is going to hit me. <laughs> I got a question straight away, and we're tight in the questions, so we're going to bang through them quick quick questions and answers. My husband thinks carnivore is bad for uric acid and gout. Oh, well, that's an old one. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, so I think that if we really look at gout, it is really a metabolic disease uh, side effect, basically. I think that's what you're looking at. When you, when you improve your overall metabolic health, it's insulin sensitivity, decreased inflammation. I think gut health goes into that. Uh, typically what we see is gout goes away. Now, initially, if you're still metabolically compromised, if you're, if you're obese and you've got all these things going on and you go carnivore, you may, see a, you may see a gout flare up initially. We see that in a small percentage of people. Fair play to you, Sean. Take no prisoners, eh? Anyway, I will only go through one more clip of Dr. Mike Eads, uh, author of Protein Power, good friend, and he gave a fantastic talk that was really, really captivating on the incretins and the insulin response system in your gut that really drives the bus mostly. So I give a brief clip of a fascinating study he went through. He went through many uh, and then touch on a Q&A and then we'll wrap it up. And what they did was they took all of the pellets and ground them up. And they ground up the Western diet and the high fat diet and the, the regular chow diet. And they ground them up to where they were the same particle size. And when they gave those to the mice, this was the chow diet. This was the high fat diet. And this was the Western diet. So you can see they gained the same amount of weight on each diet, irrespective of macronutrient composition. And so that gives a lot of credence to the idea that it's not necessarily even the macronutrient composition, but the degree of processing that has gone into the foods, at, at least for mice. And you can see over here, this is from the paper. I had to make, build this slide so you could see it better. And I didn't want you to think that I was uh, not hewing to the actual paper. With CGM, is it better to maintain less blood sugar spikes or lower sugar level overall? Can you do an experiment to eat types of foods to keep sugar low? But the spike versus overall, I've seen quite a bit. I, mean, I guess you might have too, that it's the spikes that correlate with outcomes poor and then a high-ish level, but without spikes tends not to correlate so much, which kind of makes sense. You know, people who stay on low-carb diets for a fair amount of time can get physiological insulin resistance and they can have a little bit higher um, baseline glucose curve. Yeah. So there you have it. We had over a dozen speakers in total. I just gave you a little glimpse at the content. So over 12 hours of talks, science, 
chronic disease prevention and the Q&As where people got to ask the questions and our great speakers answered them. And delighted to let you know that we now have the whole package edited and put together, all talks, all Q&As into one huge compilation. And there's an offer in the description box below. You can go to We Love Our Heart and basically get a whole weekend's entertainment because that's how long the conference ran and you can get it for a remarkably low price. So really hope you take up on this offer and indeed share it with other people. All in all, this massive compilation pulls together a huge amount of medical and research knowledge. And really, if you do go through all these talks and indeed be entertained by them as you learn, you know, you will have a huge armory to have discussions, debates with others, but most importantly for you to yourself to hone your health, your productivity, your longevity, your general mental well-being. All aspects of uh, joy of life can be gained by fully understanding how the human machine works and how you make it really home. So enjoy and as I say, offer is down below and we've tried to make it as straightforward the system to get hold of all this material as we could and really hope you enjoy it. So thank you.